0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim. Where's I'm here for a nice Friday. It's a beautiful Friday, winter day. It's absolutely gorgeous. So, we had a big snowfall last night. It's just, I just love days like this. Tim, how's it going, my man? Are you having a good winter morning?
1: You know what? Um, yeah, it's fine. Although the last couple of days of being back in Michigan, I don't love it. Honestly, the weather has just been like so cold and snowy. The roads have been really slick. I don't love it. And then, did I tell you that I, I, um, I came back to get my stuff in storage. Right. But I forgot the key to my storage unit oh, in Charlotte. No. So, and like, there's no master key. Cause you provide your own lock at those places. Yep. So um, and I'm like, I, yeah. So I'm like, I texted my buddy first who works for a construction company. So he checked it out. He's like, no, you need a locksmith for this. So I emailed the place being like, hey, what's the process for this? And they were like, you have to get a locksmith and we have to be present for it for all these legal reasons. So I had to coordinate all these phone calls. It was annoying. And the guy came last night at, and it was 12 degrees, felt like three. And we were out there for about 45 minutes. It took them a long time to get it open because they, they just make them so hard to break into these days. And uh, we got it finally. But my Didn't fingers just were take dumb. a pair
0: of massive bolt cutters and cut it off.
1: No, because the the way that those places are set up, you can't get in there. Like you can just barely see it, but like they they purposely build those things to make them hard to access and break. Oh, so, um, I didn't do anything. It was him. <laughs> you um, forgot the key. Yeah. So he, yeah, he tried to pick it first, and he's like, "I was trying to salvage your lock." I'm like, "Dude, I don't care. Like, just get in there and get me out of here." So, anyway, we got in, but I was it. Was just tough being out in the cold. I'm like, I got to get back down south.
0: Oh, no, I love it. The cold weather, bring it on. It's so fun. At what point did you know you forgot your key? Was it on the plane? On the plane, yep. Oh, that's the worst. And you're just like, you pit in your stomach, you're like, son of a gun.
1: Yeah, I knew I was going to do it, too. I thought of it a few days before. I'm like, oh, I got to get it out of my car and put it, like, in my backpack, my wallet. And I thought of it, like, twice. And I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I didn't do it. So that's well, on you me. you were so
0: late to the airport running on the highway, got <laughs> other things going on. Uh, yeah, good for you. Well, it was, um, an interesting night last night in the NHL. We had this whole big, um, we're still going to do it. The most underrated players on every team, but I just wanted to touch on some news Tuka's back and he, I love his interviews. He's very just forthcoming. He doesn't mix words. He says it like it is. And he's just cool, calm and collected. He's been there before. He's been around the block. He's coming back. What did you think of his interview with NBC Boston last night? Did you see uh, all of it or clips of it?
1: Just bits and pieces. I think it's, I mean, it's exciting news. Um, We still don't know what it will mean for their, they already have two pretty good goaltenders and we're going to see how that all plays out. But I know he wasn't thrilled about having to go to Providence first. Um, that was kind of part of the negotiation Why it took him maybe a couple of extra days to sort out. And then he was supposed to play tonight and now Providence, the game is postponed. Um, I think because of COVID or maybe weather, I don't know. Um, so who knows, who knows what it'll be. I think we have a couple of games scheduled this weekend. So hopefully he gets back out there and we see him in Boston next week, but yeah, very good news. Very exciting for Boston.
0: Yeah. He did make the comment of I'll be back with the big club next week. So, the, the plan's in place. Tuka's coming back. The Bruins are playing better hockey. They lost to the Wild last night. That's okay. The Wild are a really good team. It'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Will they carry three goaltenders? Will they send Swayman down? There's a lot of unknowns there. Will they trade Debrusk, who's been playing well since his trade um, request, a few like a month ago now, right? Nothing's happened since then. So it'll be interesting to see the deadline, what Sweeney does, but uh, I just wanted to touch on that. And then people are talking about this Trent Frederick hit. What did you think of it? He he hits Kirill Kaprizov awkwardly near the boards, one to two feet from the boards. It's really uncomfortable. Kaprizov goes in awkwardly, looks like he hurts his shoulder. People are all up in arms. What did you think of the hit?
1: Well, my first reaction was, ooh, that doesn't look good. Like, that's, that's not a good hit, kind of a hit from behind. The guy's sort of defenseless because he, he had fallen to his knees and Frederick still went through. And then the second reaction is like, wait a minute, it's even worse because we have a fourth line, kind of, you know, not a skilled player hitting one of the best, most exciting players in the league, and it's like, okay, the, the optics of this aren't great. But if you watch it, it's it's he falls last minute, like it all happens so quick. If you watch frame by frame, you can you can you know tear Frederick apart. But it was a hockey play. I, he said after the game, like, I hope he's I hope he's okay. I was just trying to make a hockey play. I was just trying to follow through and. Um, so I don't think it was – I don't think it was maybe – it was a good penalty. I think he got, a, you know, he got a penalty. He had to fight twice to answer for it. I think that's just about all the, all the justice that should be served. I don't think there should be any supplemental discipline, but it sucks to see a good player get hurt because right now um, – I don't know if it was this morning or last night, but I saw a headline from the GM or the coach of the Wild that said the injury does not look good for Kaprizov, which is really a total bummer for that team. That's
0: a tough break if he's out for any uh, extended period of time because he – I've said it before, he's he's a huge part of that offense. I know I talk about Marcus Foligno, I talk about the back end, but any any goal scoring that's happening in Minnesota usually starts through Kaprizov. So if he's out, that's, that's a whammy. I mean, the good thing, they had some young guys step up because of the COVID protocols, because of injuries, they were missing a few players. They had a few guys step up from the minor leagues who are highly touted players, and they actually gave them some primo power play time because their power play has been garbage and they actually came through. I think his name was Brody or Bondi. He scored a nice goal. So good for them, but uh, I don't think it's a a suspension. I think it was a fine hit. He came in, he wasn't flying in. He wasn't (laughs) taking strides. Caught Kaprizov in a weird spot. I don't even think it should have been a minor penalty. I think he was just coming through and it was just a weird situation where Kaprizov off balance turns, gets sandwiched into the board. So I don't know. It's a non-issue. So let's start with the Bruins. We're going to do the most underrated players, of every single NHL team thus far in the 2021-2022 NHL season. We're going to cruise through these fairly quickly just because there are a lot of NHL teams and I don't want to sit there and talk five minutes about every team. And then we have an hour and a half show and it's a new record. And I don't think you guys want to listen to us blab on about the New Jersey Devils, most underrated player, because who cares about the New Jersey Devils? So Tim, We were just talking about the Bruins. They're your team. We all know who is their most underrated player thus far this season.
1: Ironically enough, this is maybe the hardest one for me. Maybe it's because I'm too close to them or what, but I don't really think they have a lot of underrated players. I think they have guys that we know who they are, but if I have to pick one, I'm actually going to pick Matt Grislyk, a defenseman. He's second on time on ice to, to McAvoy, but he's not really a big body, even though he plays pretty big. And he logs a heavy minutes against to the top lines every night. Um, he knows how to, you know, make the most out of his size. He's really good in the back end. He's good with the breakout pass. He'll chip in offensively every now and then. He doesn't really get too much recognition, but the fans who watch those games know how important he is. So um, I like him a lot. He reminds me of Andrew Ferentz actually a lot from, from 10 years ago. Um, similar size, left-hand shot, similar game. Um, so if I have to pick one for to start it off, it's Matt Grislich.
0: Does he flip the bird to the fans like Andrew Ference does? <laughs> no one does like Ference does. Nobody does it like Andrew does. All right, well that's a good pick. Grizzly. like I like that. I'm going to I'll stick with their opponents from last night the Minnesota Wild. I seem to talk about the Wild a lot. They they have a lot of marquee players, the Kaprizovs, I talk about Foligno all the time, so he can't be underrated. The guy I'm going to go with is Jonas Brodin. I don't think anybody talks about this guy. He is kind of in Matthew Dumba's shadow, in Jared Spurgeon's shadow in Minnesota. They get most of the press on the back end. But when you think of Minnesota, you think of their defense as exceptional. That's why this team is where they're at. It's because they have such good defense. And Jonas Brodeen does everything that you don't want to do as a hockey player. He blocks shots. He plays defensive um in the defensive zone, very responsibly. He can keep up with the best skaters in the league. We saw him pick Connor McDavid's pocket a few times, and he's just a very responsible defenseman. He's one of the best shutdown D-men in the league. And last year, the Wild had the luxury of being able to buy out Ryan Suter because they knew they had Jonas Brodine. He would step right in. He would eat up those minutes, and he just does everything nobody else wants to do it when you look at his like analytic charts he is 98 percentile into the in the d zone where he's never at a position he always makes a good first pass in the offensive zone he just 11 percent. the guy does not care about the offensive zone whatsoever he is the definition of a shutdown defenseman. him and nicholas Jalmerson are made of the same mold they block shots they shut down the other lines the other team's first line and they just do it all without saying a word the guy doesn't do an interview he doesn't say a peep he goes about his business he punches in, punches out, and he just gives you every ounce of energy that he has. So Jonas Prodeen for the Wild is really underrated player, but very, very good.
1: Okay, I'm going down the line here next with the Buffalo Sabres, Tage Thompson. Um, he was He's actually a player that surprised me when I was looking at him. He leads the team in points with 23, which is not lighting the world on fire, but, but it's pretty good. He leads it forwards in time on ice with over 17 and a half uh, minutes a night. And he's not afraid to drop the gloves. We He doesn't fight a ton, but we saw him fight Kevin Miller last year where he was way outside his weight class, but he's sticking up for his teammates. And here's the cool thing. He only makes $1.4 million, which is like kind of crazy for a player who's producing like this and and you know, is a, one of the few reliable pieces on a team that doesn't produce much. So um, he's been really solid for them. He's a free agent 2024. I imagine he's going to make probably at least twice that at that time. Um, but yeah, Tate Thompson has definitely gave me a little bit of a surprise and I'll, I'll call him as the underrated player for that team.
0: Yeah. I like him. He's a good player <laughs> in a tough year for the, the Buffalo Sabres. All right. I'm going to go to the Nashville Predators and I'm going to stay in the same vein as Jonas Brodeen. The whole team for the Predators could be underrated just because no one is talking about the Nashville Predators this year. They're having a great season. They've had bounce back years from pretty much everyone across the board. Philippe Forsberg, Grandlin, Duchesne has been playing well. Johansson's heads. He's shown some signs of life. So they're, they're turning into the team they were four or five years ago. But the guy I'm going to focus on is Alexander Carrier. I don't even know if he's French, but Alexander Carrier. He He's a good, solid D-man, just like Jonas Brodeen. He doesn't do much on the offensive side. I think he's got 12 points in 31 games. The thing with him is he plays 20 minutes a game. He plays alongside Robin Yossi, so he doesn't have to do anything on the offensive end. He takes care of his own end. He goes into the corner, so... Yossi can just sit in front of the net. He made it easy when Ellis left. There was, there was no bump in the road because Ellis was such a big part of the back end in Nashville. Everyone was nervous when he left. Carrier has slid right in beside Yossi, and it's just been a seamless transition. So I like him. No one talks about him. That's what makes him underrated. But he's a very good defenseman on a very good hockey team right now, and he logs a lot of minutes, kills, kills penalties. I just like him. He's a good overall player.
1: For the lightning, I'm gonna go with Corey Perry. This guy is 36 years old. Um, he's put at 10 goals, nine points, or nine assists, 19 points in 36 games. So a little slot somewhere between like 40 or 50, something like that. Um, he's only getting 13 minutes a night, though. So he's really maximizing the time that he's getting and pr- producing in that time because that 13 minutes is bottom third among their starters. So it's it's he's not playing very much at all. Um, he's getting that second power play unit, which is good. So yeah, 21 goals, 42 point pace for a third or fourth liner who's 36 years old. I think they'd take that all day. Um, he's always he's also potted three power play goals. So Corey Perry, not to mention the intangibles he brings, like the scrappiness, the leadership, the the experience, all that veteran stuff. Um, he likes to mix it up. So yeah, I think I think they're very pleased with it, the offensive production they've gotten from him so far this year.
0: The guy just plays well everywhere he goes. Honestly. Like, he was a revelation with the Montreal Canadiens, totally carried that fourth line. He was a big reason they got to the Cup Finals last year. Then he's doing the same thing in Tampa Bay. He's like, is there any better, like, veteran signing that has worked out better than Corey Perry? I can't think of any. Maybe Spezza. Spezza. Yeah. Not better than Perry, though. Joe Pavelski's been playing well. But, yeah, Perry just, for whatever reason, just gets the job done, man. He's such a good player. Man, he was such a rad. We're wearing the same sweater, Tim. We are, we are. Mine's gray, yours black, but it's nice. They both say hockey. Thank you, violent gentleman. All right, I'm going to go to the St. Louis Blues next, and this was a this was a tough one because you know Tarasenko's been playing well, Barbashev's been playing well. They have a lot of good good stories there in St. Louis, but I'm going to go with a guy who has really transitioned his career. Early on, he was a singer songwriter. He, I think he won three Grammys. He was very well loved. I I have CDs of this guy, some huge hits. And he just all of a sudden wanted to transition into hockey. And now he's, you know, his faceoff percentage is through the roof. He's having the best stats of his career. He's formed a dangerous second line with Jordan Cairo and Vladimir Tarasenko. Rob Thomas is just having an unbelievable year and no one really talks about him. Maybe the bigger guys like the Ryan O'Reilly's overshadow him, but for him to you know, put up the numbers that he's putting up his weakness earlier on in his career was his face off percentage. He wasn't trusted in the dot. And when you're a centerman, that's a pretty big deal. When you can't win a draw, he is taking care of that. If you can win half of your draws, that's a huge deal as a center I mean, he's clicking along at 51%, which is just massive for him. I think years prior, he was 36, 37%. So it's a really big upgrade for him. He's got 25 points, 27 games. He's just having a really solid, solid season. And that's huge for St. Louis when you can just slot him in on the second line, leave Ryan O'Reilly on the first line. It establishes their first two lines as really, really good offensively threatening lines. And that's what you need in the NHL these days. So I think Robert Thomas is a really good NHL player no one's really talking about and he just is an unbelievable singer the transition is remarkable i've never i've never heard of anything like it i don't know why no one's talking about it but if you can go from singing like so smooth and then all of a sudden transition to be a hockey player it's pretty it's pretty neat it's pretty pretty neat so yeah rob thomas from the st louis blues very underrated hockey player
1: can you be an underrated player if you're the best player on that team? Is that possible? Because I think that's the case with Florida Panthers. And and maybe Barkov's a better player, but he's missed some time. But Jonathan Huberdeau leads the team with 44 points. He's plus 10. He's first in power play points. He has a shorthanded goal. He's got two game-winning goals. We've talked about him. And, and you know, we talked about players last week that that get overshadowed because they're not, you know, the, the upper upper echelon and they're not the big-name market players. But – Jonathan Huberto is a legit, legit superstar. He never gets brought up as that elite you know, elite core of the league, but he's in there. He's fourth in the league in points. He produces every single year. Um, I hate to call this guy underrated, but I think he still is. Even though he's the best player on that team, he's still not getting recognized. So Jonathan Huberto, I think, is still underrated. So, yeah, that's my pick for Florida.
0: It is funny how just because you play in a certain geographic area, you just are underrated. No one talks about you. There, there's hockey markets, Florida. Maybe the one season people took interest in them was when they were throwing the rats on the ice. They had Ed, Ed Jovanovsky, uh, John Van Beesbrick between the pipes. That's the only year where they really got national recognition. Other than that, it's just been nobody cares about the Panthers. Lightning, everybody loves Lightning, but Panthers, I like Huberdeau. Man, is he a good player. That's the bad thing about the Olympics. You would have got to know a Jonathan Huberdeau. He would have been on the team. He would have been one of their best players, and people would have recognized how good of a player this guy is. And so he's a good player. Good pick, Tim. I like that. All right, I'm going to move on to the Colorado Avalanche. So many studs on this team. So many absolute superstars. It's hard to keep track of. They got McKinnon. They got Landeskog. They got Rantanen. kadri has been having a great year. I'm going to go with a guy who is kind of just a, a step below those guys. Andre Burakovsky. Everybody forgot about him. He got traded from the Washington Capitals to the Colorado Avalanche. He, he's just a forgotten forward with the Avalanche. He has blossomed since arriving in Colorado. He, he, he has taken the next step. He's got 24 points in 28 games. I don't know if there's just less pressure with the Avalanche. Maybe he's not seeing the best competition, but he's doing everything they want him to do he's scoring goals guys are getting injured he's stepping up playing first line minutes sometimes playing third line minutes sometimes he is just producing everywhere they put him in the lineup right now he's slotted in on right line or uh, right wing second line with he just is a very good no nonsense forward he's on the second power play unit and he's producing That's all you need when you got guys like McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen and Kadri, like I said, when you're back end, you got Makar and Taves and Gerard and Byram and these guys who can carry the load and chop the wood. If you could throw Burakovsky in there and put up, you know, a point every other game, it's absolutely beautiful. And he is just producing. No one talks about him. I love it. I like myself some Andre Burakovsky. That's the type of player you need to win a Stanley Cup. That's the type of player right there where you can slot him in fourth, third, second line, and you know he's going to give you some offensive production. Colorado's a very good team, Tim.
1: So would you say, you know, to to win a cup, you need to be strong down the middle, strong defense. Would the third thing be secondary scoring? Would that be up there?
0: That would be up there. I agree.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I have the Canadians next. I almost want to skip them. You know what I mean? Like, there's no one doing anything really surprising – um if i have to pick they stink I, I'll, I'll pick david savard they stink They uh, just do. <laughs> I, I picked him he's got 73 blocks which is top 10 in the league um he's on pace for about 25 points which is a pretty good season for him especially considering what this team is doing they don't have anyone double digit goals yet they might be the only team um it's got to be hard the blocks especially to sacrifice your body night in and night out when a team is so bad like what are you doing that for um, but he but he keeps doing it. So he's under contract for three more years. I thought maybe he could be a, a trade target, but I doubt they're going to give him up. Um, but yeah, in a in a season where not much is going right for you, this guy's still doing the dirty work, and I think that's important. So David Savard would be the pick if I have to pick someone. That's
0: insane. Their highest goal scorer has seven goals. Yep. They've played thirty four games. And the highest goal score has seven with Nick Suzuki. That's insane to me. Like, that is absolutely bonkers that they have. It's insane. I, I went to the Arizona Coyotes. They have one guy with 11. The next highest is six. It's, it's incredible how bad Montreal has been. Seven. Josh Anderson has seven. Then it's just six, five, four, four. Like, oh, they're atrocious. There, Ben Chariot, who is a defensive defenseman, lockdown guy, has got five goals. Third on the team. That's they're so bad. They are so incredibly bad. It's it's wow, Montreal. All right, I'm going to stay in Canada. I'm going to go to Winnipeg. Much like Colorado, they got the marquee guys. They got the Shifley's. They got the Wheelers. They got the Connors. They got they got the the big names. A guy I I was torn between two players. They both play on the third line. I love Adam Lowry. He's a big body. He gets up and down the ice. He fights. He hits. He's in your face. He plays the way that I like the game to be played. I wanted to pick him, but I couldn't because I'm going to go with his left winger, Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp is a very no-nonsense type player. He does his job. He's had a fantastic season this year. He had a fantastic season last year. He got 39 points in 55 games. He's just a solid player. He plays on the power play, plays in the penalty kill. I like underrated guys who just do everything. I don't like the one trick pony who's just like an absolute stud on the – he scores a ton of points. Cop does everything. He makes his team better. He moves up and down the lineup. He plays with Lowry. He's got 22 points in 33 games this year, so he's going to smash all of his previous highs. He is just a very, very good player on a Winnipeg team who's battled through some injuries, and he's been the one consistent guy who is just – Been there night in and night out, and he does everything they need them to do. So, Andrew Kopp, good for you, man. I like that. Third line, you see a trend in my underrated players. They do everything. They move up and down the lineup, or they're just a shut-down D-man who doesn't get any recognition. So far, but it's going to change with my next one, Tim.
1: Well, I'm gonna keep it going then, because I'm and sticking in Canada, the Maple Leaf's next. This guy is is very similar, maybe a little bit more skilled, but that that type of depth player that you need, Alex Kerfoot. You got all these superstars in Toronto. Um, he's six in points with 21 in, on the team, but he gets he's the only one in like the top ten in points that gets absolutely zero power play time. Zero, none, Nilch. He's a second line center, um, but he's not in the power play on either unit according to daily face off. Yes. And not, not surprisingly, he has no power play points. So those 21 points is all even strength, which is really cool, um, which is really surprising, too, because, you know, he's he's got some skill and he's sixth among forwards in time on ice, um, which is surprising that he hasn't gotten any any shot up there. But they have so many skilled forwards, so I guess it makes sense. He kills penalties, too. This is the type of player you need. Um, he was one of the main pieces coming back on that cadre trade. Um, yeah, I, I think he's super underrated. So Alex Griffith, uh, he can play for my team any day.
0: You see, they just put Nick Ritchie on waivers. Yeah, no one picked him. That did not work out for Toronto. Oh, he has just been terrible. He was went from the first line to the fourth line to healthy scratch. Now he's gone. Poor guy. He's a
1: bum. Oh, he's a bum. I don't <laughs> he's like a him. Bum.
0: He signed for $5 million in Ugh. two years at Five Schmel. Good. <laughs> hey, hey, that's an investment. That's a lot of money for a team that didn't have a lot of money to spend. So, <laughs> to Nick Ritchie. All right. So, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I've been going with third line guys who have maybe produced beyond their history. I'm going to go with the first line. And I, and I was thinking, should I go with just one player? I'm going to do the whole first line. Nobody talks about this first line. Nobody talks about this team. Really. They have a lot of superstars that are not producing whatsoever. Their superstars came into the season. They were hoping to have a bounce back season. The Dallas starts. Sagan, Ben, Radulov, Gurianov, even Kerv- Kervaranta, all five have just been garbage. No production, no goal scoring, just regressing. I know they're old, but Sagan was supposed to have a, he had injury history, injury history. He was supposed to have a big year. It just hasn't happened. The reason the Dallas Stars are even in the mix for a playoff position is because of their first line. Rupe hints, is it Rupe? R- Rupe?
1: Rupe. I think it's
0: Rupe. Rupe hints Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson's. The first line, Robertson, excuse me. You would have never predicted these three guys would be on the first line. You would have never predicted these three guys to have the top three points on their team. They got 22, 28, and 26, respectfully. They were carrying this Dallas Stars team through a season where the guys who should be getting points are just non-existent. They're not showing up. They're not doing anything. So these guys, they don't get any love. Maybe Pavelski. Gets a little love just because, you know, he's been around. He was with the Sharks, Captain America. He's 37 years old. He's gonna get traded at the deadline, and go to a really good team, and hopefully win a Stanley Cup. But until then, they don't get any press at all. They're very, very underrated and they're they're producing points. Like they're the top three guys on their team, and no one's talking about them. So that's my first line underrated pick for the Dallas
1: Stars. I like that pick. Um, I'm gonna go keep it in Canada again. If okay. Shabbat. I'm just going to leave it Okay. Shabbat Shalom Shabbat. If you had to guess, what would you think his time on ice is on average average for the whole season? Not as high, not, not at any particular game. Average a night 23, 27 and 13 seconds. Ooh, those are, goodness. and those are hard minutes on a team this young. I'll tell you that too. Um, like their, their star forward, their top two wow. lines. These are the ages of our top two lines. 23, 22, 22, 28, 22, 20. That's who he's playing with on his team. Um, and he's doing it for 27 minutes a night. He's, and he's putting up decent points too. He leads the team defense in points at 17. Uh, I mean, he, we we talk about like the young superstar defensemen, the Kale McCars, the Heiskin, the McAvoy's, Adam Fox. He's if he's not up there with him, he's right. He's right the next year, and he doesn't really get talked about a ton. Um, Shabbat is so good. We, we've had senators on the show and talk about how good he was. Kachak talked about it. Um, really good skater, 27 minutes. And I can't get over that with a team that young. That's going to be, those are going to be tough. So again, kind of like picking one of their best players is underrated, but I think he still is. So that's my pick for Ottawa.
0: It's, it's amazing that the next closest guy on his team has 22 minutes. So he plays a full five minutes more, like five minutes is a lot of ice. I would get five minutes in a good game. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yeah. he plays half the game in the regular season. And they're in a division where he's just chasing Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin. It's not like he goes up against the third and fourth line. He goes on, he goes against the first line, he takes a breath and he goes against the third line. Then he does it again. First and third, first and third. He is double shifting consistently through the whole game. That's how you get five minutes out of the next closest. And then the next guy, Nick Holden, he plays a full almost 10 minutes more a game than the third D man on this list, Nick Holden. So, it's it's remarkable what he's doing. Ugh, I hope they don't burn him out. I really do because, like, man, you kind of, like, you applaud it, but then you, you're, just, you're just wondering, are they just burning this guy out? Because these games, they're not going to make the playoffs. Why not ease the load a little bit, give a few minutes to a guy in the fourth or fourth, fifth? It's just, I don't know. All right, I'm going to go to the Chicago Blackhawks now. I'm going to stick on the back end. Much like the Montreal Canadiens, Hawks, they don't have they don't have much, you know. Kublick's had a terrible season. Strome's been playing bad. Kanan Debrinket are putting up points, but it's well below of their average. They're not they're not producing. Mark Andre Fleury was garbage to start the season. He's had a resurgence, but he's you know looking shaky of late. I'm going to go to Eric Gustafson, kind of a journeyman defenseman. Not relatively old, not relatively young in the thirty area. He's the only player on the team with a plus rating. I know I harp on that a lot, but he's the only guy in the whole team with a plus rating. And to me, that stands out. He's only plus one, but it's a plus rating. He doesn't get many points. He plays versus tough opponents. And by tough, I don't mean skilled. I mean like third and fourth line guys. That's brutal to play against those guys. They're just looking to take your head off. Not nowadays, maybe 10 years ago when I played, but it, it was tough with Chicago. So I just went with Gustafson. He's got like five points, but he's plus one on a team it's had a very forgettable season. He's my guy. He's my guy, Eric Gustafson.
1: Don't forget that he he put up 60 points five, four years ago, whatever it was, three years ago. Oh, I'm not Chicago. forgetting, Tim. I'm not forgetting. Crazy. What a crazy thing. It's um, crazy, man. It's crazy. Detroit Red Wings. Um this was a little bit of a tough one for me, too. You got Cider and, and Ronick, you know, running the power play, putting up points on the back end. You have all these exciting young forwards. But you need someone to settle things down, to slow the play down, to log the heavy minutes. And for me, that's Nick Letty. Um, you need that kind of lunch pail defenseman, especially on a young team like Detroit. And if you had to guess, like, he doesn't it seem like he's been in the league forever? He's only 30 he years. He's 30 probably years
0: 12, old. 12 years, I bet he's been there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he probably came in at 18. Um, so, yeah, only 30 years old. He's just like exactly what Detroit needed, and they made a good signing to get him. So I think when you have a young team like that, you need that veteran presence. You need the, that kind of guy taking the younger guys under his wing. So Nick Letty is super underrated, I think, and a good reason why Detroit's fighting for a playoff spot right now.
0: I like Letty. He is just a steady-as-she-goes type of player. I played with him in Minnesota, I want to say.
1: And Chicago. Then I saw-
0: I I saw him in Chicago. He's a good, good defenseman. Gets no recognition. Like when he was with the Islanders, when they were really, really good, he was one of the main guys on the back end. So I like Nick. That's a good pick. I like like, uh, Nick Letty. His thighs are like like watermelons, massive thighs. All right. Um, Arizona Coyotes, Tim. (laughs) You know, when you were complaining about the Montreal Canadiens, I'm like, I have the whole Pacific division to do, and I haven't even started. And I get the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. Who do I pick? They only have six players with ten points or more. Six. That's that's insane. And, like, I'm not talking they have 19 or 30 or they have, like, 11. You know what I mean? It's a very lackluster team. They're all garbage. They're all minus minus a 1,000. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the curveball pick here. I'm going to go with a player that they technically pay to play for another team, Darcy Kempfer. He's having an average season, not numbers wise, you know, uh, save percentage goals against it's kind of on par, but he's 16 and five. He's doing what he needs to do. He was replacing a guy who was a Vesna trophy candidate. So, but he, he's doing what he needs to do to keep Colorado in the hunt. I like Darcy Kempfer. He's playing well. I think he will improve, but for an Arizona coyote, Paid player, I think Darcy Kempfer is very underrated. No one talks about him in Arizona. You don't even hear about him in the press. So I, I like Darcy Kemper.
1: So this next one, I'm going to take a couple minutes with. I'm going to have to do some other ones more quickly, but I want to talk about the Penguins. They won again last night, 10 in a row. Um, you have the superstars, right? You've got the, the Crosby's, the Malkins, the Tang. Um, Russ, Brian Russ got hurt at the end, end of November, missed a bunch of time. He came back on the 2nd of January. In that time, he's played three games. He's put up 11 points. Rusty has? Five points in the first game. He had a hat-trick. Second game, two goals and assists. Last night, two goals and an assist. Oh, baby. You got Jane Getzel scored again last night. He has 15 goals in his last 15 games. You got Jeff Carter. We talked about him a lot. Stepping up. He was a first-line center for half the season with the other guys getting hurt. But the guy I want to talk about right now is Evan Rodriguez. This guy, his career high is 29 points. This and all. And that was in 74 games this year. He's played 31. He already has 30, 30 points, 15 goals, 15 assists. He scored again last night. He scored a game winner the other night. Um, he's especially important, you know, with all these injuries they've had, like, and he's, you know, I, I it, it would be fun to do an expose and like all the, all the, like the middling players that have been boosted on, on Pittsburgh playing with Crosby, especially like going back to like Pascal Dupuis and, and Connor Sheary and all these like middle of the road players that are just having career years playing with this elite talent. But that's a story for another day. But yeah, Evan Rodriguez is, is just been a pleasure to watch. It's been a lot of fun. He's not only scoring goals, but he's scoring a big goals, like big timely goals and B, like highlight real goals, like these one-timers and, the, you know, these dangling defensemen and everything. So um, he's been a huge part of the Penguin success, the big reason why they're 10-0 and in their last 10, and a big reason why they're going to be a, a, a scary team in the playoffs. So I think he's been a, a really fun story.
0: So what's interesting, he doesn't – like he's a centerman, so he doesn't see time with Crosby at all. And he's right? putting up these points. And he's playing with Kasperi Kapanen, the cast-off, and he's playing with Danton Heinen, who – like these guys, no one knows about, and you you nailed it with Pittsburgh. They find these guys, and they just produce. It's amazing that they have this kind of scouting. I don't know how they do it, but everybody who goes to Pittsburgh seems to up their game and play better. I don't know if it's a Crosby effect. Mike Sullivan touched on it this past was it last night after the beat Philadelphia or the game before. He's like Crosby demands you play better because if your best player, your captain, the best player in the world. Is doing everything he can to win this game. You better, you better bring your A game, or else you're going to be embarrassed. And Crosby will call you out. So, I like Evan Rodriguez. He had a pretty highlight real goal last night. He dangled uh, Carter Hart. Was it was Hart playing? I think. Yeah, it was a very good game. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift to the Pacific Division. Shift my attention south to Vegas. We're actually, Tim. You know what is big in Vegas? Is gambling. What? Why don't you? Why don't you tell us who to gamble on tonight, Tim? With our points, our nightly points bet gambling tutorial by Tim warsberger
1: Okay, the game I have my eye on tonight is uh, the Washington Capitals against the St. Louis Blues. Two really good teams, two pretty hot teams, and it's one of those rare money lines where they're they're both um, in the in the negatives to to win basically. So Washington is minus one hundred and five. St. Louis Blues are Minus 115, so Washington's a slight favor. I'm going to pick the Blues to win tonight. I I, just, I like this team. They've been rolling lately, 7-2 in one of their last 10 games. I know, I know Washington's, been, Washington's been pretty hot, too, but we'd like to dump on Washington. I'm going to bet against them if I can. So St. Louis Blues is my pick for the night.
0: I love that. Washington is so bad. So incredibly
1: <laughs> they bad, suck. Bad. I hate They're
0: them. the worst. Good. That's a good pick. Well, back to the Vegas Golden Knights, a team inundated with injuries the whole season, like epic amounts of ailments. Pacioretty, Stone, haggy Eichel, Carlson, that's just on the front end. You got the back end. Every, everybody knows the injuries they've had, and they've managed to succeed and find themselves first place in the Pacific, largely because the Pacific is a trash heap, and they're just head and shoulders above the next best team. But another reason is Chandler Stevenson. He gets a little bit of press. We talk about him a little bit, but I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. He leads the team in points. He's been a stalwart on all aspects of the game. He is on their first line. He just does everything you want, and he's kind of come out of nowhere. He's been a steady SEO types player the last few seasons, third line, fourth line, pop him up to the second line. This year, he's really taken his game to the next level, anchoring the first line, and just having a very solid season while allowing these other guys just to get healthy. So when they come back, they're going to have Carlson, Stevenson. Um, who else is in the middle? Eichel's in the middle. They're going to have such a dangerous center core. They're going to be a very, very, very dangerous team, and it's all because Chandler Stevenson took the next step. He gets to play with the high-end guys just because of all the injuries, and he's producing. He's just had a very, very good season. So Chandler Stevenson gets my gets my vote for underrated player for the Vegas Golden
1: Knights. Okay, for the Washington Capitals, our favorite team. Um, This one has less to do with stats and more about the eye test. And this is Lars Eller. When you play against him, you realize how effective he is. He doesn't like Lars Eller. Do you? Can't stand the guy. Is this annoying to play against?
0: Just a a bag of dish. I I, I don't like him. My one game in Montreal, he was in in the locker next to me. And he, he leans over. He's like, You know, you're not a joke, right, John? I'm like, what the, what the F is this guy talking about? I almost strangled him. Like, I know Lars, do you think I want to be here? And he like, he just started talking to me about how, I don't know what, and I just, I wanted to just lay him out, but I I don't like the guy. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) So was he trying to like be nice and make you feel better in a condescending way or something? No, I just
0: think he was being a jerk. They were in a bad spot and I was getting called up and I was getting all this press and everybody was talking about it. he's like, this isn't a circus, you know, you're not a joke. And I just took a deep breath, and I go, "Yep." And I just didn't look at him the rest of the the rest of the week. I was
1: like, you, "Yeah."
0: Anyways, underrated, <laughs> Larzelle. <let's hear>
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get this over with. Um, <laughs> like I said, doesn't put up big numbers, but you when you play against him, and the Bruins have played against him a lot between Montreal and, and Washington. Um, he's good on the draw. He's responsible two way. He scores big goals in the playoffs. So that's when he steps up. Um, and like we said, t- secondary scoring is key. So for the Washingtons, you know Capitals to go deep on the playoff run, um, he's going to be a big part of that. And I think he's been underrated for most of his career. So he's my pick for the Caps.
0: That was the worst one. Um, all right, I'm going to go to the Anaheim Ducks. Very surprising team. They they started the season. Speaking of gambling, I think they were eighty, eighty three and one to win the Stanley Cup, and now their odds have drastically improved. And most people think it's because of the forwards. You know, you have superstar forwards, Tori Terry, Terry scoring like it's going out of style. You have Zegres, you have Milano, you have obviously Lundstrom, who's just anchoring the first line center slot right now. That's what everyone thinks is the reason for their success. They would be very, very, very sorely wrong. It's the back end. And they don't get any recognition because of these young guys scoring all these goals. I'm going to do the whole defensive unit. But more importantly, I'm going Cam Fowler. I'm going Kevin Shattenkirk. Those are my two guys who have allowed this unit of forwards to be able to score the amount of points they're doing. They're jumping up in the rush. They're getting points. They're facilitating the forwards, and they're getting no recognition for it at all. Cam Shatt- Kevin Shattenkirk has been doing this for whole his whole career. He he plays very easy minutes. Don't get me wrong. He's not a shutdown defenseman. He plays against the other team's worst lines usually, but he's good on the power play, and he just consistently puts up points. Cam Fowler is a guy who is just – he's a f- first deep-hearing guy. He gets the other team's first line. He is the first-line PK. He is a first or second power play unit. He just does everything, and you never he, – he's never in the mix for a Norris. He's never in the mix for any kind of individual awards. He's never in the mix for the Olympics – but he's a very, very, very good defenseman. I'm going those two, but more I, – I would do the whole group if I could, but I think Fowler and Shattenkirk are very underrated, and they're a huge part of why Arizona is where they are right now in the standings.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. I like that, though. Um, I'm going to go with the Flyers. There's another, like, math team for me, but if i got to pick one, I'm picking Provorov. Which is kind of it's interesting. I, I'm going to have a couple of guys who are sort of whipping boys for their team. My next one too, but he hasn't put up as many points this year as he as he had in the past. I think people were hoping he'd have like a, a step forward this year, but he does lead the team in time on ice. He's seventh in the league in blocks with 74. Um, unfortunately, his Iron Man streak just entered the other night because of COVID tested positive. Um, but he hadn't missed a single game in his entire career. 403 straight games going to wow. Tuesday night. Um, but it ended because of COVID, which is such a just a bummer for a guy that, you know, really it's out of his control, not even injury related. He's probably played through so many over those times. So, um, but I think Provorov is an underrated defenseman, and his name and Rue, had both been thrown out. We talked about it, but it's actually picking up steam by legitimate sources that they could be traded at the deadline. So it'd be interesting. I think a lot of guys would love to have him on their team.
0: Another, m- much like um, the guy from Arizona, Chitrin, why would you trade Proverov? if you didn't have to, there's still a lot of good pieces in Philadelphia. They have some good young players to build around. Why would you get rid of a really, really good young defenseman? I don't know those types of moves, unless you're getting a a big payload back. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I really, really don't. I know people are like, well, it's better for the player. Let him go and have greener pastures and really, you know, blossom as a player. It's not fair for him to be in Philadelphia or Arizona. BS. How are you supposed to win? You got to keep your good players and build around them. All right. I'm going to do the Philadelphia, or excuse me, the Calgary Flames, not the Philadelphia Flyers. You just did the Flyers, Tim. Um, Andrew Mangiapane. I like him. We talked of them a little bit. Calgary's got some high-end guys. They got Kachuk. They got Monaghan. They got uh, Johnny Hockey. Some guys that Markstrom, their coach, gets a lot of the press. Mangiapane just does whatever he, he needs to do to win games. He only plays 16 minutes a game, so he doesn't get a lot of ice time. But he's got 21 points in 32 games. His previous high was 32, so he's going to smash that out of the atmosphere this season. And I don't think people realize how good he is. He's only 25 years old. He's going to get even better. An honorable mention for Calgary, who I almost picked, was Oliver Kai Kylington. He leads all the D-men in points. Big young defenseman gets up and down the ice, kind of taken over from Giordano once he left. Plays the power play, plays the penalty kill. Really good defenseman. I like him. I was going to pick him, but man, is just so good. I think he he's just a really incredible player. He does everything. He's on the third line. Could be on the first, in my opinion. But uh, And he's got a really fun last name to say, Andrew Mangiapane.
1: So this next one for Columbus, um, this is this is sort of a hard team for me. I know this guy has sort of been, like I said, with, with the last one, with Prover, I was sort of a whipping boy for the fans, but I actually like his game a lot. It's Adam Boquist. So he was the main piece back in that Seth Jones trade this summer. Um, he's actually tied for fourth on the team with seven goals. He's got seven goals and he has six goals, four, four assists, 10 points in his last 12 games. So that's like a, you know, it's a small sample size. But that's a really good stretch to, for him. And now Zach Marensky's down with COVID protocol. So Boquist is going to be running power play one. Um And I think he'll, I think he'll be successful. I think he put up a point every other game. So I think, I think he's underrated player and doesn't really get talked about too much as a for his offensive prowess.
0: Edmonton Oilers. Two players you think about, McDavid, Dreinsaitl. Other players that you might think about, Zach Hyman, big, big offseason signing on the back end, Darnell Nurse. Those are the big-ticket guys on this team. The guy who's really made a huge impact on this team is Jesse Poveyari. He's having a very, very good season on a team where a lot of guys are just absolutely struggling. The secondary scoring is not there. Their third and fourth lines are just absolutely invisible. They don't score any points. To be able to have Jesse Polviari to have a bounce-back type season, is huge for the Edmonton Oilers. For the amount of, you know, talk about the secondary scoring, how are we going to keep up with Connor McDavid, what do we need to do? And that is still a huge issue. The one issue they, they don't have is the right wing Beside either or Seidel Dreinsiedl or McDavid because Paul Vieri has solidified that position. He's kind of blossomed into the player that the Oilers hoped he was going to be when they drafted him four years ago. He went to Finland. He honed his game. He asked for a trade. They said no. There was some back and forth. He's having a very, very good season. And he's a, one of the very few options they have beside 97 and 29. And uh, it, it's hard because the Oilers, everybody other than those top two big guys, they suck. So Hyman and Polviari, I know they're big names, but they're the only two guys who are kind of pulling the weight in Edmonton right now. Everybody else is just – they're just a bad hockey team. They're just a really bad hockey team at this point. So that's that's my pick, Polviari. Good for him because everybody relegated him to Finland like this. The guy doesn't work. He doesn't have it. It was a bust. Neil Yakupov, Polviari, same kind of talking points. He's turned his game around. He's having a really good season. I'm happy for the guy.
1: For the New York Rangers, my pick is Jacob Truba. Um, love, love me some Truba. Yeah, he's sixth in the league in blocks. He's the thirteenth in hits. He's lugging twenty-three plus minutes tonight, and we've seen how hard hitting he is, right? And he's willing to drop the gloves if needed. Because you think about like you got Adam Fox doing his thing. So Truba is like the less pressure on him to put up the uh, any offense. And you got Reeves and Barkley Gaudreau on the team now, so he's a little bit more backed up. And, and more willing to maybe take some, take some liberties with, with players on the ice. Um, and the Rangers have quietly come, not only for the offense, but because of their toughness and size, a very hard team to play against. And you know players with these, these massive hits he's laid in the last couple of months, they're looking twice when Trub on the ice. So I think that's really important. I think he's been very underrated so far this year.
0: When I was – my first pro team was the Houston Arrows. They used to track our stats and they would have hits but they would just have a regular hit like a rub out then they would have impact hits and you would get more points for an impact hit and after every game you would get an award for like cuz they would give you points for everything a goal was a couple points and assist was a couple points a plus was a couple points a hit a block shot an impact hit you would get points for everything and after every game you'd get get i, I don't I, I shouldn't say but i think you would get money and the impact hits are always the the one everyone wanted to see because you would nail a guy and you come back to the bench you'd be like impact hit because uh, whoever did the stats was definitely you know they had a a dog in the I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about but Truba just impact hits all day I love that I absolutely love that so gosh I love watching him play he's just one of the few defensemen the Scott Stevens types where he just is looking to hurt people it's 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 a great way to play all right L A Kings it's um what's old is new again Anze Kopitar. You would you would think that the captain is never underrated, the star player, the guy who makes the most money. He's not underrated, right? Well, he is. No one's talking about Anze Kopitar. They think he's too old. Oh, he's won three cups. He's got a tinted visor. He's he's uh you know he's past his prime. Guess what, people? You are wrong. He's having a fantastic year. He's on the top power play unit. He's in the top PP unit. His face off percentage is through the roof. He's got twenty nine points. He's anchoring this LA Kings team. It's Unbelievable what he's been doing at his age. So I'm taking Anze Kopitar from the LA Kings.
1: For the Islanders, what's old is new, Brock Nelson. What a big game player this guy is. He gets elevates his game in the playoffs. And as Andrew Ladd said on our show, he's a special player that people don't talk about enough. So far this year, the Islanders haven't done a ton. Um, but Brock Nelson's been quietly productive. He's got 10 goals, 13 points. Um, and even though they're struggling across the board, he's still a legit star player that doesn't get recognized as one. Um, and even though, you know, he steps up when it matters most. So if the Islanders do get back to the playoffs and get, you know, next year or whatever, he'll be a big part of that. And Brock Nelson, I think is legit underrated. So he's my pick.
0: When you think of the San Jose sharks, who do you think of hurdle? Yeah. Hurdle couture burns, Burns. Carlson, Vlasic, you know, those are the marquee names. Timo Meyer, Tim, have you ever heard of him? Heard of him? Don't know much. Don't know much. He's a star. He's an absolute star in this league. Every time the Sharks have a game, when you look at the box, box score sheet, the guy's filling up every category. Goals, assists, points, plus, maybe not pims, shots. He does everything. Hits. He plays a very, very hard game. He's having a great season. He's got 36 points in only 30 games. He's got 14 goals. He's plus 11. He's consistently the team's best player night in and night out. He's going against the other team's top-line defensive player because the Sharks don't really have that many good players. So when you want to shut down a guy, you shut down Timo Meyer. It's not working. You can't shut down Timo. He's having a great season. He should be an all-star. He should be in the mix for not the Hart Trophy. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Myself, I'm not more than one person. But he's just a very, very good player. I like myself some Timo Meyer.
1: This one, a couple more left. This one, I'm curious if you've even heard of this guy, Jesper Bratt. For the New Jersey Devils?
0: Not really. I'll be honest. No. Okay.
1: Um, he's got 30 points this year, which is more than Landeskog, which is more than Giroux. It's more than Kopitar. It's more than Patrick Kane. It's more than Hurdle, Couture, Bergeron. He's got great chemistry with Jack Hughes. He's putting up a ton of points for a team that hasn't really produced a ton um, and no one's talking about him. And actually, I I think I gasped when I was looking at the stats. My jaw was on the floor. I was like, who is this guy? Is he, how is he producing so much? And no one's talking about it. So, yeah, I think maybe one of the true, true underrated players in this whole this whole episode is Jasper Brad from the New Jersey Devils.
0: It's because he plays for the Devils, and no one cares about the New Jersey Devils. No one's cared about the D- Devils since Stevens, and Patrick Eliash, Marty Brodeur, Ken Danico, Since that era, that's why Devils are just a very forgettable team. All right. I am going to go with the Vancouver Canucks. I want to say Bruce Brudrow, but he's definitely not underrated. Everybody loves him. I mentioned this guy a few episodes ago. He's a friend of the show, JT Miller. I honestly think he's an MVP candidate. He does everything you want a player to do, especially in that skill position. He's not just one-dimensional. He gets up and down the ice. He makes players around him better. He plays hard. He is just an incredible hockey player. He's got 36 points, and he's just like Kopitar. You know, very steady as she goes. You know, he d- doesn't need much. He just makes everyone better around him. And because Vancouver has Pedersen, they have Horvat, they have Hughes on the back end, they have other guys that maybe still a little to shine. JT Miller is the guy in that team, man. Like he is the guy. Who, if he's playing well, they're gonna win the game. And if he's not playing well, which very rarely happens, they're in trouble. So JT Miller, he he's a very underrated player and he's a superstar in this league.
1: What a nice guy, too. Great guy. Um, great guy. All right. You my last one. Be a great golfer. Uh-huh. <laughs> my last one for the Carolina Hurricanes is you're gonna like this one, Tony D'Angelo. Love Tony. Yeah, he goes by Anthony now. Um Not a popular player, obviously, but crazy, crazy talented. So after putting up 53 points two years ago, obviously missing time last year, but this year he's got 22 points in 24 games, which is like a 70-point pace, something like that. Um, He's running the the Hurricane Leto power play. He's a legit number one scoring defenseman that people completely overlook. He's 12th among D-men in points across the entire league. And again, people just don't recognize how talented he is. So Tony and D'Angelo, Anthony, excuse me, is my underrated pick for Carolina.
0: Still He's a really, really good player. I called it at the beginning of the season. I don't know what I said, but I said, DelAngelo's is going to make everyone forget about Dougie Hamilton. He's a stud man. He honestly is the Rangers. I know there was some extracurricular stuff. He was saying outside of hockey, political stuff, whatever it may be. They, for all the right moves, the Rangers make, they, Names this one because he's a really, really good player. You know what? I'm not missing when I'm in New York. It's all the good restaurants. I love me some food when I'm in New York, Manhattan, but I don't like going out because of all the traffic, all the noise. It's just too much for me. So I order DoorDash when I'm in the Big Apple. I get it. I, I got thousands of restaurants I can pick from. DoorDash has links to every restaurant you can imagine. You get to pick whatever kind of food you want, they make it super easy. Bing, boom, enter my payment. DoorDash is at my door so incredibly fast. And guess what? If you're a listener to the show, you get some perks for being a listener to the show. You get 25% off. You get free delivery the first time. It's unbelievable the amount of perks you get being a drop in the Gloves listener. So do it. Go to DoorDash, pick up the app, go online, enter our promo code GLOVESDD. If you're in Canada, GLOVESDD. If you're in the USA, save yourself some money, get yourself some food. It's a win-win for everybody. Thank you guys for the support for DoorDash. My last team, Tim, is an absolute train wreck. The Seattle Kraken, nothing has gone right for them this season. Everybody wants out. Nobody wants in. The only good thing they had, the only, he's not even really underrated because he's the only good thing that ever happened for the Seattle Kraken. Brandon Tanev came into the season relative unknown. Brother arguably gets the most press. He's got great hair. Became a cult hero in Seattle. Scored some big goals early on. Out for the year. I think he tore his ACL, but no, Brandon Tanev. Seattle sucks. They're a bad hockey team. They're not even fun to watch. They're just a bad team. I don't know. What else do you want me to say? It's it's a, it's an expansion team that doesn't score goals. It's not very sexy. So, Brandon Tanov, I don't know. That's it. That's all we got. Or do you have any more?
1: No, that's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, who's the most underrated person on Dropping the Gloves? Would it be me because my potential is just so high?
1: Or is it you? I think we're both rated, John. We're both equally rated.
0: Nice answer, Tim. (laughs) Uh, On that note, thank you, everybody, for the support. We appreciate it. Have Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
1: Delivered by DoorDash.